What is going on, Hokie Nation? Giovanni Heater with you for yet another edition of Hokie Heat, brought to you by the Sons of Saturday. Hokie Heat's also brought to you by our proud sponsor, Roback. Head over to Roback and use promo code SUNSVT for 20% off your first purchase. And we thank Roback for sponsoring the Sons of Saturday and Hokie Heat. Special episode for you guys today. We got a special guest on, Mr. Carter Hill, uh, Virginia Tech SMA student, class of 2025, along with myself, part of 3304 Sports, writes for Virginia Tech Athletics, writes for Tech Lunch Pal. You can find him on Twitter at CBHill underscore 03. Carter, thanks for being on the show. How's the first couple of days of classes treating you? Gio, it's going great. I haven't had a class yet. I don't have one until tomorrow. So <laughs> It's been an interesting day for me. I've been over at Castle all day doing some stuff behind the scenes for Tech Athletics, but my first day was great. How was yours? You know, I also did not have classes the first day of school, so it's kind of nice. We're both <laughs> comm students, obviously, sports media and analytics majors, uh, and most of the comm department goes to class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I lined it up where all of my classes, uh, all five of them, are on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So those days will be a gauntlet, but only have to go on campus two days out of the week, so definitely can't complain there. Very true. We'll be doing the exact same thing. Tuesday, Thursday, 12.30 and 2, I believe, visual media and media writing. So yep. two comm classes. Yep. Great to see Hokies back on campus here in Blacksburg. I'm sure, I don't know, but I'm sure it was a quiet summer without the students in town, but the traffic is amped up and uh, everybody's back in, in Blacksburg. So just great to have everybody back. Well, today we're going to go ahead and talk all Virginia Tech football. We're going to talk about the basement and the ceiling of Virginia Tech football. We're going to give a schedule breakdown and we're finally going to end it off by talking about our five expectations for this team in 2022. So Carter, I think the best way to start this thing off is to pull up the schedule right here. Virginia Tech obviously starts the season off on the road at Old Dominion. They'll open up the home schedule against Boston College in an ACC matchup. That's the Orange Effect game. Primetime matchup on a Saturday night, 8 p.m. kickoff on the ACC Network. Following that, they'll host Wofford, their FCS opponent of the season. That is the White Effect game. Then they'll play host to West Virginia on a Thursday night in Lane, 7.30 kickoff on ESPN. Then they'll go on the road and play in Chapel Hill against UNC on a Saturday. The Saturday following that, they'll be on the road at Pitt. After that, they will play host to Miami for homecoming, the Maroon Effect game. Then they will take a week off with a bye week before heading down to Raleigh to play NC State. They will host Georgia Tech in our Hall of Fame special type situation with Virginia Tech Athletics. On November 12th, a Saturday, they'll be on the road in Durham at Duke. They'll go to Liberty, and finally, they will cap the regular season by hosting uh, that community college uh, up north, Carter. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's an exciting schedule for sure, and I think the first thing that comes to mind for me with this schedule is it's certainly favorable for Virginia Tech. I know we are going to talk about the ceiling and maybe the floor. I'm going to jump right into it. I actually think the best-case scenario for Virginia Tech is for them to go nine and three. The worst case scenario for Virginia Tech is for them to go four and eight. So it's a big swing, but it's a big question mark type of year for Brent Fry and company. So I don't know about you. When I look at the schedule and don't go game by game, I see seven and five. When I go game by game, I see eight and four, which is weird to say because if you think their ceiling is nine and three, that's not exactly that far off. 
But this schedule is certainly favorable for the Hokies. And I think there are five games on the schedule that Tech absolutely should win. You got ODU. That should be a win. You got Wofford. Then you got Georgia Tech, Duke, and Liberty. All five of those should be victories. And then to get to a bowl game, you got to pick up one more. And there are a ton of toss-up games in there. I'm sure we'll get to some of those later. But really, like, for it to be a successful year for Virginia Tech and Brent Price first season, some people say they got to get to a bowl game. I'm going to say they got to get to seven. You know, their over-under win total is at six and a half. I think that's right on the money. I think they got to get to seven for it to be considered a successful year. But I think they're in good shape to get there. Carter, they say that two great minds think alike, and we must spend a lot of time with each other because that is my exact ceiling and basement for this team. I think the absolute best they can do and have a real shot to do is go nine and three. Now, that might be a stretch to some people, but this is a very favorable schedule. And for me, the basement is four and eight because, like you mentioned, there's four must-win games on there. And even if you lost one of those, you're going to beat somebody that you shouldn't. Like four and eight certainly is the basement. If they went any lower than four and eight, I truly, really would be shocked. I'd be shocked if they, to be quite honest with you, lost um, more than, I'll I'll say, five games. Um, I, I just think that seven and five is kind of um, maybe – that perfect spot, but I don't think they're going to go six and six or, or even seven or five and seven. So um, I think that four and eight is the basement. And I think the ceiling is nine and three. I don't think you can surpass nine and three. There's just too much with Miami and NC state on the road. And you might drop a dud here and there. Virginia is going to be pretty good. Virginia tech struggles to play on the road at Pittsburgh. Uh, So there's, you know, you can't really improve much more than nine and three, because if you were to win a bowl game, that would still be a 10 win season. Carter, why don't we go ahead and break this thing down game by game? How's that sound? We'll start with Old Dominion on the road in Norfolk, plain and simple. That's a win for Virginia Tech. It's a must win. And I think this coaching staff and this team knows that. Oh, 100%. The one time Virginia Tech, I don't know if you remember this, Gio, you weren't around quite yet. The one time Virginia Tech has ever gone to Old Dominion, they lost. 49 to 35, just this unbelievably bad performance defensively. The Hokies were torched by a backup walk-on quarterback. They were torched by that quarterback whose brother actually went to Tech and showed up to that game in a Tech shirt thinking his brother was not going to play. His brother ends up playing and ends up beating the Hokies. It's the biggest win in ODU program history. So obviously that's in the past, but this is a game Virginia Tech has to win. I don't really think they're going to have much trouble with Old Dominion. They were a decent team last year. They're now moving to the Sun Belt. I just don't think they have a ton of pieces to contend with Virginia Tech, even in their home stadium. And, you know, you know that that stadium over there in Norfolk in the 757, the Tidewater is just absolutely filled with Hokies. I don't know if ODU only sold season tickets. I believe they did. Regardless, that place is going to be swamped with maroon and orange. So it will feel in a way like a home game for Virginia Tech. You're going back home for a lot, a lot of people on this team. I don't think the Hokies leave Norfolk with a loss. So, yeah, I do think Virginia Tech wins week one, and they keep the moment the momentum going, especially under first-year head coach Brent Pry. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, but then it gets interesting. Virginia Tech plays host to Boston College on September 10th, a Saturday, 8 p.m., primetime game for the home opener at Lane Stadium, Orange Effect. I mean, it really doesn't get any better than that. This is one of those toss-up 50-50 type games for me. I'll be on the call for 3304 Sports, our our, our student uh, network here at Virginia Tech. Stoked for that. But this is a toss-up kind of game that really could go either way. And I think you're going to get 
a very vanilla look from Virginia Tech in that season opener against Old Dominion. I don't think they're going to show off any any of their tricks in the bag. They're going to hold their cards pretty tight to their chest. You're not going to see uh, some of their better offensive packages. Same with the defense. If they can at least get ahead early, I think that they're going to play very reserved on the road in Old Dominion. And then this Boston College game is where you can really see them start to maybe air out the football and, and pull out more of what they truly want, especially the offense, to look like. Carter, your thoughts on, on the idea of this being a 50-50 kind of ball game? Yeah, I think this is the definition of a toss-up game on Virginia Tech's schedule. Boston College is a team that some are high on, some are not, as is pretty much half the ACC, it seems. But, I mean, BC's going to come in with Phil Dracovic. Everybody knows what he can do. You know, he torched Virginia Tech in years prior. They got Zay Flowers coming back. They're All-American wide receiver. So they're going to have some weapons offensively. I actually think the Hokies win this game. You know, a night game in Brent Pry's opener – I think Virginia Tech finds a way to win. Now, if you're going to tell me that Boston College is going to win the game, that's totally fair, too. Like I said, it's the definition of a toss-up game. I just don't know if I see Virginia Tech losing this type of game. I think it's more likely they lose a couple more of these toss-up games than they do in Brent Pry's home debut. I mean, Lane Stadium going to be rocking and rolling. Maybe a sellout. We'll see. Like you mentioned, it's a night game. That is one of the games that I feel like I am most looking forward to. And actually, I'm looking forward to going to that game as a fan because that will be – my first night game I've been to as a fan. Well, no, I went to the Notre Dame game as a fan last year, but those games are awesome. And to see the the energy around Virginia Tech football's program right now, for Boston College to come in here for Brent Price home debut, I think the Hokies pull out with the victory, but I think it's very fair if you're going to say otherwise. All right. I'm also going to pick a win for Virginia Tech, but we're talking – you know, walk-off field goal. I mean, we're talking a one-possession football game here, most likely. Excited to see how the spreads kind of play out once that game gets closer. Uh, Virginia Tech has a chance to be favored. I think they probably will be because it's a home game. Um, you kind of get in, you kind of get three points there. That's kind of how that works. Uh, but moving on, we go to Wofford, who's going to visit Lane Stadium. We don't have to spend much time on this game. Virginia Tech wins this by at least two touchdowns, and I think. In comparison to last year when, who was it, Richmond, I believe it was, where Virginia yep. Tech uh, really was in a little bit of a dogfight and the Spiders were able to keep it close. You can't have that story because that's when they kind of showed to the fans that maybe this team does have some weaknesses and maybe there are some serious holes here. And that's when you kind of knew that this team wasn't destined for this great season. Uh, I think beating Wofford by two-plus touchdowns is kind of essential uh, to put a put a stamp on it. Yeah, what was the score of that game, Gio? To be honest, I don't remember much about that Richmond game at all. Let's I remember Tavion Robinson. Yeah, I think it was 24-10. to 10. It was a close game. It was close. Tavion, it shouldn't have been close. It was 21-10. to 10. 21 to 10. Okay. Yeah. Tavion Robinson ran a punt return back for a touchdown. Tech scored on the opening drive in like four or five plays. I think yeah. Braxton Burmeister hit Trey Turner in the back of the end zone and he made this acrobatic tiptoe catch on the edge of the end zone to put the Hokies up seven nothing. And you think at that point, Tech's going to roll and it didn't happen. But this year, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Richmond is a solid FCS program. Wofford is not. I think right. Wofford was one and nine last year off the top of my head. So yeah, the Hokies shouldn't have any trouble with the Terriers. The Mike Young Bowl, Mike Young, Storm Murphy, yeah. Hunter Couture. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be uh I'm sure he'll be in attendance. 
Yeah. Well, let's go on. Uh, let's go on to those, this West Virginia game here in Blacksburg. This is kind of the one that everyone has circled on the schedule, a battle for the Black Diamond Trophy at Lane Stadium, the Hokie Effect game. This is arguably the biggest home game on the schedule besides probably Miami, you could argue, uh, depending on if that will be a night game or not. But this one is a night game. ESPN, Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. kickoff. Looking for revenge after last year. I'm going to say Virginia Tech wins this game, but again, this is another one of those 50-50. Maybe Virginia Tech to me, like Boston College was a true 50-50. Maybe I give the Hokies like a 60-40 here. Uh, I'm not too high on the Mountaineers and everything they got going on at quarterback and the hype they got going. I just think that Virginia Tech in lane, uh, a lot of these players are returning from a season ago. They they remember that loss in Morgantown. I, I think they come out guns a blazes, and they always perform in front of those night crowds, it feels, except maybe Clemson a handful of years back. But North Carolina last year, we're talking these guys that are on this team now. North Carolina last year, they came out and performed. Notre Dame last year, they took that thing to the wire. So there's just that added intensity when the lights go out in Blacksburg, and, and it kind of just – gives that team that edge well geo do you remember how awesome that atmosphere was in morgantown last year i do we remember went that? to that game we did go to that game yeah woke up at 4 a.m you pulled an all-nighter <laughs> i i pulled an all-nighter <laughs> because i figured i'm not going to be able to get up that well that was a mistake because i was i literally like fell asleep at halftime sitting in my seat so you got to tell everybody when jermaine waller picked off jared daigie what the camera cut to on fox sports one uh, that's true. I forgot. It was a video of me hugging up the rest of the fellows we were with. Yes, it was pretty cool. I forgot about that. That's I do remember that. That was pretty sick. I remember that game vividly. And I remember thinking that that was the loudest place I had been to a game to away from Lane Stadium. I think Lane Stadium will I was match that say, this year. I was going to say. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think Lane Stadium will match that this year for the game and go above and beyond. I don't think West Virginia and call me crazy. The Hokies are going to start four and zero. I don't. I don't think West Virginia is going to come in on a Thursday night and take down Virginia Tech in their home stadium. Because, like you said, West Virginia to me is a mirror image of what Virginia Tech was last year. Neil Brown's on his way out. They're kind of in the middle of a crisis as to figuring things out. You know, I think their motto is like, trust the climb. Well, at some point you got to start climbing if you want things to work out. Now, JT Daniels, their quarterback that they brought in from, you know, Georgia and USC. a guy. But he's at his like third well. school now. Right, exactly. You know, I'm not exactly. high on him. So, no, I don't think he's all that as well. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's good enough to come in here. Yes, he's played in big-time atmospheres before. I don't think West Virginia comes in here and wins that game. And, you know, we, we got the Commonwealth Cup. Virginia, Virginia Tech has got the Commonwealth Cup, but they got to get the Black Diamond Trophy back. Yep. And I think gotta that's going to be – I think that's going to be at the top of the priority list for this year. Yeah, it's not a conference game. But honestly, like, this is the most excited – I am for a home game this year. This is the game I'm most excited for. You know, West Virginia coming in here on a Thursday night. I mean, the atmosphere, that will be Brent Pry's first true taste of Vintage Lane Stadium. So yep. it's going to be fun to watch, and I think that is going to be a very, very fun game to attend. So if you're going, kudos to you. It's sold out because you're not going to get tickets now unless you go on StubHub. But, no, it's going to be an awesome atmosphere, and I think Virginia Tech will come away with a win because, like you said, you put it best, I think, this is close to a 50-50 game, but I would lean the edge of Virginia Tech, especially 
since it's in Blacksburg. So I do think the Hokies get a win that night. All right. Well, we move on October 1st, a Saturday in Chapel Hill. I'll be making that trip to call it for 3304 Sports as well. And North Carolina, a team that Virginia Tech has kind of had that edge over the last handful of years. This is a game that I circle year in and year out because it's kind of developed into a little bit of a coastal rivalry here. I love watching these two teams fight it out. Uh, I love the uh, all bark, no bite, as you call it, with North Carolina, that kind of swagger mentality. They're kind of that blue blood. Even though they're a basketball blue blood, they're just like that that uh, private. You know what I'm saying? They just have this aura about them. And uh, Virginia Tech, North Carolina has produced some great games. I mean, six overtimes a couple years ago. uh, And then you had last year in Lane Stadium. That one went down to the wire. Just some fantastic games down the stretch. I'm stoked for this game. It's on the road in Chapel Hill. Uh, I think this is where Virginia Tech could find their first bit of trouble. But they've dominated the Tar Heels down the stretch as of late. They have. They've dominated the Tar Heels for quite some time. You mentioned some of those games in years past. Yes, Virginia Tech has North Carolina's number. I do think this is where the Hokies hit a wall, though. By no means, and I said it yesterday when we were on that radio show with WUVT, at some point, Virginia Tech has to hit a wall, and by no means is North Carolina this great team. They're mediocre. They're mediocre just like pretty much everybody else is in the Coastal for the most part, except for the very top and you know the basement, which we'll get to that later. But so... You go to Keenan Stadium, it's not exactly the toughest place to play. It's a fun place to see a football game for sure. I know you've never been there, so that will be a fun game for no, you. I'm, I'm stoked, yeah. I know. I don't think you've been to Chapel Hill since we went to that basketball game last year. Yeah, we did but basketball that, down there last year. That's the only time I've ever been to Chapel Hill. Yeah, so it'll be a fun game. There's always a ton of Hokies there. I do think I will give North Carolina the advantage. And yes, they are that all bark, no bite program. They have some talented players. And Matt Brown historically is a very, very, very good college football coach. There's no doubt about that. But his time is kind of up. And I question how well his staff is doing at developing these guys right now. I think the Hokies get a Chapel Hill and they lose this one. They won't be favored in this game because, like I said, they got to hit a wall. At some point, they got to lose to one of these fellow mediocre teams, and I just don't see Virginia Tech leaving North Carolina with the victory, though this is one of those toss-up games too, and I think it's one of those like West Virginia. It's a close to 50-50 game. It slightly leans towards North Carolina, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Virginia Tech walked away from Chapel Hill with a victory as well. I'm going to say that Virginia Tech wins this game. Uh, I think Virginia Tech has enough. The problem is you don't want to go into your first true road test um, you know, too confident type of thing and a Virginia Tech's walking in at 4 and 0 you can kind of fear that a little bit but let's move on to Pittsburgh the following weekend uh formerly known as Heinz Field Virginia Tech really struggles there for whatever reason it may be this is where i have the hokies picking up their first loss and i'll be at that game again for 334 uh, as well i know you will um but i just think that Virginia Tech is doesn't match up well against Pitt They didn't last year, that's for sure. And Pitt's going to be a different football team this year. If people think they're going to be as good as last year, I think they're kind of crazy. They'll be good. They'll be a bowl team, don't get me wrong. They'll probably win seven, eight games. Don't get me wrong about that. But I don't think they're what they were last year. I still think Virginia Tech catches a loss at uh, Heinz Field, but now it's under a new name. 
yet they can't replace Kenny Pickett. I know Keaton Slovis is regarded as this really good quarterback, and I do think he's a solid quarterback, but he's not what they had. They lose Jordan Addison, too. People are forgetting about that. He he yeah. took his bag and ran off to USC. Oh, I don't so, think people forget that. Uh, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's that's a big issue in college. That was big athletics, news. That's that's a podcast for another day too. Yeah. So, but no, I, I think Virginia Tech, like you said, they struggle for whatever reason up in Pittsburgh. They've only won once there in program history, once. And yes, I know Virginia Tech and Pitt have not been in the same conference for forever, but. They've only won one series in 2016. It was a Thursday night game. It was the game where Isaiah Ford, I don't know if you remember them, and Bucky oh, yeah. Hodges. Bucky Hodges. Phillips, all yep. three of them caught over 100 yards in the air. All three of them did. No kidding. Gerard Evans threw for uh, 360, 370 yards that game. I'd have to double check that. That's the only time Tech has, has ever won up there. They still gave up 36 points that night. For whatever reason, Tech just doesn't play well up there. And, yeah, so the Hokies, this is one of those where they go up to Aquasure Stadium or Heinz Field, whatever you want to call it. And this is one where I'm like, I really have a tough time seeing Virginia Tech leaving with a victory. But, again, Pitt is not this super team. So it wouldn't shock me if they come away with a win either. I don't think there's many games on the schedule where you're like, they are definitely losing. No, I I think there are, to me, there are maybe two, and I'm not even sure about two. Yeah, no, I, I think agree. I think they'll definitely probably lose to NC State, but crazier things have happened. It's just Raleigh is such a great atmosphere. It's so underrated in the world of college football. Um, granted, I've never been to a game there, but just watching it on TV, excited to be there this year. And then I think Miami just offers a big challenge with what Mario Cristobal has to offer. And and Tyler Van Dyke is probably the best quarterback in the ACC. He, he's an elite talent. And the recruiting class they've put together and the coaching staff, I just think Miami, I don't know if they'll be this college football playoff contender like people are hyping them up to be. With that being said, I don't think that Virginia Tech will be able to take care of business easily. I still think Miami wins 9-10 games. Yeah, I would agree. And actually, Miami's our next game, so we might as well get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes, Pitt's a loss. There we go. That was my long way of saying Pitt's a loss. But, yeah, Miami, if you want me to go ahead and go. Yeah, go for it. Miami, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. They're not a college football playoff type team. They don't have that group there yet to get there. Now, honestly, you know, Miami's one of those programs, you believe it when you see it. Miami under Mario Cristobal, I think is going to be really, really good because you look at the staff they brought together. I mean, Josh Gaddis, who is the offensive coordinator at Michigan, who was yeah. thought of to be the head coach potentially at Virginia, is their OC there. And I believe you won the Broyles Award last year, which is awarded to the nation's top assistant. So they, I think, are going to be really, really good this year. Yes, I think they'll be really good. I don't think they'll be elite yet. I don't think they'll be great yet. Like you said, eight, nine win team, maybe 10. We'll see. They're my pick to win the Coastal. They do come into Lane Stadium, so it will be a challenge for them. Yeah. And it may be a night game. It may be that 8 o'clock ACC Network game. like Boston Homecoming, College Maroon Effect. Very true, very true. Yeah, I don't so think it'll be noon. Sense. It'll at least be a 4 o'clock, 3.30, plus, plus at that time of year, when a game is played at 3, 34 o'clock, the back half of the game, it's dark it anyway. dark. Yeah. Right, exactly, which is what makes that type of year or that that time of year with football games so, so much fun. That That's the time of year that uh, six overtimes against UNC. Yes, very, that was a very true. Game. It was, yes, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. actually that. And that was before I even year. got here. 
I know, I know. <laughs> crazy. Game, I've watched crazy that game. game. I've watched that entire game on YouTube like three times. We've done it a couple times in the wee hours in the morning. Yeah. 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 No, we definitely have. So I think Miami will be a challenge for Virginia Tech. I don't think you can absolutely chalk that one up as a win for Miami either. Yeah. But I, I do think the Hurricanes come in here and get the win. You mentioned Tyler Van Dyke is, in my opinion, best quarterback in the ACC. You could argue Devin Leary, which, of course, the next game. So, like, you know, this is going to be a tough stretch for Virginia Tech, as we're alluding to. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So, yeah, no, I, I don't see Virginia Tech winning this game. And I do think Miami comes away. And goes back down to Coral Gables with a victory. But who knows? Crazier things have happened. Let's blow through some of these uh, coming up here. NC State in Raleigh. Think it's a closer game. I think this is like a a 10-point game, maybe a two-touchdown game. I think Virginia Tech makes it interesting, and NC State just kind of pulls away in the second half. I got NC State winning that one. I think you agree. Yeah, I agree. I think Devin Leary and that offense and the playmakers they have coming back, like Peyton Wilson on defense, it's going to be too tough. Plus, like you mentioned, Carter Finley, a night game, yeah. rocks and rolls. It, it's such an underrated venue. NC State fans, they love their college football, and they'll be happy to welcome in Virginia Tech. Oh, they're my pick to win the ACC Atlantic. I got them over Clemson. Carter, who do you got, Clemson or uh... – or I, I lean towards NC State right now, yeah. but at the same time, I don't think NC State. Like, I don't think I said it yesterday. I don't think the ACC has a college football playoff team. I know, I and it, it's it's there. so sad to say that. Yeah, I, I don't think NC State's there. I don't think Clemson's there. I don't think Miami's there. I think it's most likely that Clemson or Miami, or sorry, Clemson and NC State could potentially slide their way up in that mix. But I don't think there's a college football playoff team. But yeah, I, I think NC State for now is my pick to win the Atlantic and probably my pick to win the ACC as well. All right. Well, Georgia tech in lane stadium. I don't think there's a chance for the yellow jackets. Hokies win that one. Yeah. Georgia tech is a program that literally has no momentum tied to it right now. Jeff Collins is, I mean, he's got one foot out the door right now. I mean, there's just yeah. no momentum around it. So I, I was surprised I he wasn't gone last year. Me too. Me too. Because even though it was just year three, I mean, they have gone from like up here with Paul Johnson to right here where they made the change, to down here like that. Right. And they were bad, bad. And, yes, you knew that was going to happen to a degree because they got rid of the triple option and they were reinventing their offense. But, yeah, Georgia Tech is not in a good spot as a Which program. is a shame, too, because, like, that is a – and I don't mean to cut you off, but that was a fun no, place good. to go see a game at Bobby mm -hmm. Dodd right in Atlanta. That is a historic pra program. It, you know, football's just better when teams like Virginia Tech or Georgia Tech or some of those more – you know, blue collar type programs that aren't necessarily the blue bloods or the top dogs uh, are good. And football's better when Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech and, and those types of schools are good. Yeah, 100 percent. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately for Georgia Tech, I think they're the one that just doesn't really have an end in sight. Yeah, because they just are bare to the bone. So I actually think Virginia Tech wins this game by a lot. And that's kind of a statement win. That would be pretty sweet. Drop like yeah. 45 on them. That'd be great. So what? I'm at five and four at this point. What are you at? I'm at six and three. Six and three. Okay. So right. Cause I, I had them, I had them beating, um, I had them beating UNC. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I'm at six and three. You're at five and four Duke, a win for the Hokies. Yeah. No, I don't like at, the Hokies. It's, like at, it's in well. Durham, but there's no type of home field advantage there. And it's not yeah, a far no. road trip. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen, and a lot of Hokies I'm sure have, I think tech sideline put out a picture. I think it was them. 
In 2018, when the Hokies went down there, there's a picture of Dalton Keene scoring. I think yeah. you know which one I'm yep. talking about, where he's got the football up in the air like this. It was the play where Eric Kuma laid this just insane block on one of Duke's linebackers. And Dalton Keene scored from like 70 yards out on a screenplay, I want to say. And just the whole west side of the stadium is all orange and maroon. So yeah, yeah, there's no home field advantage down there. And Duke, I actually like the hire that they made. I think Duke actually can get they to do. the level once again where they can get to a bowl game consistently, but not this year. No, I, I don't think the Hokies will have any trouble down there. So this is kind of where I have the Hokies just kind of dropping that dud. And it, it could happen anywhere else, really. I just... It's not even that Liberty is a hard place to play, and obviously they don't have Malik Willis or any of the talent really that they have had, but they're still going to be well coached with Hugh Freeze, and they are going to find some talent on that team. I have Virginia Tech just really no rhyme or reason to it, just getting a little too confident, maybe looking ahead to UVA, just kind of dropping a dud in Lynchburg and end up dropping that game. That would put them at 7-4 and four for me. I don't hate that prediction. No, I don't hate that prediction. I do think the Hokies go up to Lynchburg and get a win. Just like ODU, Liberty is going to be fired up to be hosting that game. It's right. the first time they have ever played Virginia Tech in their home stadium, ever. Right. They actually hadn't even played until, until 2016. Yeah, 2016. And then in 2020, obviously, everybody knows what happened there yeah. on the blocked field goal that Jermaine Waller ran back. There was the timeout. And then, obviously, all heck broke loose from there. But so – I don't think Virginia Tech goes up to Liberty and loses this game. You mentioned Liberty doesn't have Malik Willis anymore. And still last year, even with Malik Willis, who was a first-round talent, in my opinion, I know he went in the third, they still won just seven, eight games. Right. So I just don't think Virginia Tech is going to go up there and lose that game. That will be another game that the place is just filled with orange and maroon. Assuming that Tech fans can get a hold of tickets. It's actually, I was talking to somebody the other day, it's actually the hardest game to get a road ticket to. That makes sense. On the Small price stadium, they sell the absolutely to season ticket holders. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So they'll be fired up to have the Hokies up there, but short little drive up 460 hour and a half trip. So be interesting to see if tech even still stays in the hotel run up for that game. Like they do before home games. Cause it's right there. So no, I, I think Virginia tech goes up there and gets the win. So we're both at seven and four now different, different results now, different places, but yeah, both at seven and four. I wonder if they're going to stay at the Hotel Roanoke under Brent Pry. Do you think that would change? or Was that a thing that they did change. under Beamer? Yes, that was okay. under Coach Beamer, and they even did it when Pry was here as a grad assistant. So I don't see them changing that. But who knows? You know, who knows? But they have a partnership. Like, the Hotel Roanoke is owned by Virginia Tech. Okay. So, Makes yeah. sense. Give or take. Yeah, give or take. All right. I think UVA at Virginia Tech – is a win for the Hokies. I think that this is a team with talent, Brennan Armstrong, but I think they are not going to be – I mean, they got a great coaching staff too with Tony Elliott. They just kind of had to scramble to put things together with a late hire and kind of having uh, Bronco Mendenhall leave out of nowhere. I just think that this is going to take time for UVA, and this is too big of a game for the Hokies to lose. I mean, you know what this game means, Carter. You know how Juice Lane Stadium is going to be just a couple days after Thanksgiving. I'm going to go all the way back up to Syracuse, and then the day after Thanksgiving on Friday, I'm going to leave early in the morning to drive down to make sure I'm in Blacksburg for this game. I mean, this is just too big of a game. Hokies win it. They beat that community college up north. <laughs> Brennan Armstrong is the real deal at Virginia. 
the ACC is just a loaded league when it comes to quarterbacks, like loaded, especially for how mediocre the conference is. But so the problem is UVA doesn't have a ton around Brennan Armstrong on right. either side of the football. I think Tony Elliott actually would do a really good job at UVA. Oh, really he's, he's such think, a talented coach. Look what he did at Clemson yes, as an OC. Yeah, 100%. He's got national champions to his name. You said it best. They were left to scramble. Not that I don't. Not that I think that that was going to affect them much this year, but Virginia hasn't come into Lane Stadium and won since 1998. Right. 1998. So, you know, history is going to repeat itself here. The track record says it all. Virginia Tech is not going to lose this game. And, yeah, maybe they do, and this clip is, you know, clipped on Twitter at some point, but I just don't think Virginia Tech is going to lose this game. In their home stadium, you know, we've seen the success they've had against the Cavaliers in years past. 21 out of 23 or 22 out of 24 at this point? Question mark? You get the point. 20, but so, yeah. 22 out of 24? I think, I think it's 21 out of 23. Yeah, One of those I two. think it's 21 out of 23. 21 out of 23. I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. But Virginia Tech, I mean, the Commonwealth Cup has gotten used to being in Blacksburg. I don't see it going back to Charlottesville this year with it being in their own building. And Brent Pry just gets it at this point. And sure, maybe that doesn't directly affect the wins and losses, but I just don't think the Hokies lose this game. So, yeah, eight and four. What? That means they were four and four in the ACC for me. So that means I had them. Um, I probably would have picked Virginia Tech to finish fourth in the coast. So I don't know about you, but that's probably where I would have had them. So I give them going eight and four and whether that loss comes to Liberty or UNC or, I mean, it really could, or Boston college or West Virginia. I think those are those toss up games. Um, I got them going eight and four. You could make a case for nine and three. You could make a case for seven and five. I don't think you can make a case for six and six. This schedule just really is not a hard schedule. No, it's not. But also keep in mind that Virginia Tech isn't this great team right now by any means. There's a ton of holes right. on this roster. I, I could see arguing for six and six because there are five games you should win. And I could see just one of those toss-up games going to the Hokies. I could even see them potentially losing one of those five games and then picking yeah. up two of those toss-up games. So I think you could argue six and six. I question when people predict Virginia Tech going four and eight, five and seven, where that's coming from. I'd love to see the game by game predictions. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Like we said, four and eight is the the floor. But I think for that to happen, literally everything has to go wrong. Like I'm talking like Grant Wells and Jason Brown both have to get hurt to go right. four and eight. Right. So yeah, I think you could argue six and six and above, but yeah. I guess I'm going to say eight and four. My heart wants to say seven to five a little bit to be a little bit more logical, but I, see, I, my I heart wants to say question. nine and three to hype myself. That's hype, true. Hype up I guess hope. I should say my, I guess I should say my head wants to say seven right. to five, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. It, it's going to be tough. It'll be fun to watch because I think this will be a year that Virginia tech fans hopefully can sit back and understand the expectations and understand where the program is at and realize that not everything has to go perfect this year. As long as Virginia Tech, if they can hit seven wins, I think people are going to be just through the roof happy. I, re I really do. Like, if they yeah. win seven games, I think people are going to be very, very excited. In year one of Brent Pry, that, that's a win. Yeah. That's a win. It's better than last year. Yeah. Better than last year. No doubt. And that wouldn't be a losing season, too. You know, if you could have a winning season, not that it's as big of a deal as it used to be, I think that's a solid step forward for sure. 
All right, well, let's. Uh, we're running out of time here a little bit. Let's kind of blow through some of these bold expectations that we put together for today's show before we wrap things up. So let's go ahead and cue it up here. Bold expectations for this year coming from myself, Carter. I want you to, to touch on these with me a little bit. This is my five kind of not, not really hot takes at all because I think these are kind of straightforward. But number one, improved quarterback play. I mean, that's that's easy, right? Not that uh, not that Burmeister was bad, but you are getting a lot more talent here and you are getting a way better arm in Grant Wells. You might be losing some of the athleticism, but in today's college football, you need to be able to do both. You can't just sit back and throw, but you also cannot just run the football because it makes you completely one-dimensional. And that's how the Virginia Tech offense was a year ago. I think improved quarterback play, plain and simple is there. Then I'm going to say improved run defense. I think that was a big struggle for this Virginia Tech football team last year. I mean, showing it in the statistics, they were the one of, one of the worst run defenses in the ACC. I think that improves this year. I'm not saying it's improving immensely. I'm not saying they're going to be the best run defense in the ACC. I just think they take a step forward in that category. I'm going to say that the defensive line is the best unit on this football team. I think they are the best led. I think they are the deepest. They are the most experienced as far as the the one deep goes. I don't know about the two deep, maybe the two deep. After that, it gets a little young. They're a little thin once you go a little lower, but I do think they are the best, most consistent unit on this football team. Number four, I got them going to a bowl game. I think Virginia Tech can go to a bowl game. And, um, you know, we said six and six it w- would be, you know, very fair to say. Uh, but any lower than that is, is probably just unlikely given the schedule they have unless things really fall apart and injuries plague the Hokies and and what uh, what you and have not and, and you know what I'm talking about. And then last, I have uh, undefeated in non-conference. That kind of might be the bold prediction, but you got Old Dominion, you got Wofford, West Virginia, and you have Liberty. It's very doable to go undefeated in non-conference play. Well, Carter, I your thoughts on all of this. Yeah, I even predicted them to go undefeated in non-conference play. I think there's a very realistic scenario where Virginia Tech wins all four non-conference games. Quarterback play. I love that you touched on that. Grant Wells, I don't know if he has all the pieces to throw to this year, but in the long term, I think he's going to be a stud at Virginia Tech. A two-year starter at Marshall, threw for over 3,500 yards last year. 5,600 yards in his career at Marshall. He was first team all-conference USA as a freshman back in 2020. Just He's a guy that has this proven track record. And sure, maybe it isn't at the Power 5 level. But hey, why does that matter at times? You know, we saw, look at the basketball side of things. Yes, Storm Murphy did struggle early on. He found it. I don't think Grant Wells is going to struggle as much early on. That old Dominion game should be an opportunity for him to take some shots. We heard Brad Glenn. You were there the other day, Gio, at practice. Brad yeah. Glenn has talked about it plenty of times that the Hokies are not going to be that that conservative offensively. And he didn't directly say that. But what he did say was Virginia Tech feels like they can take four to five deep shots a quarter with Grant. I Wells. know. That was I mean, that's the best quote I've heard all off. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to to say that is so exciting to hear. If you're a Virginia Tech fan, that's got to get you going. So Grant Wells, I think, is the future of this Virginia Tech offense. Yeah, the defensive line, 
You touched on it. I mean, you got four proven guys up there. You got Taiwan Garbett. You got Narelle Pollard. I mean, you got plenty of other guys. Josh well, Fuga. Like, Josh Fuga's going to have a big year. He's done it before. And Mario Kendricks. Yeah, yeah. Josh Fuga. And and then you got that fifth spot, whether it's CJ McCray or Jalen Griffin or potentially Cole Nelson, too, who, yeah. you know, was a true freshman last year and, you know, showed some signs of life. So that's going to be fun to watch. And I think another thing I would add to is the tight ends room is actually something that not a lot of people are talking about that I think has the potential to be really good. You bring back Drake Julius, you bring back Nick Gallo, Connor Blumrick's there now. I'm really excited to see it. how they utilize Connor Blumrick. And he then could you be like a Taysom Hill type of guy. Yeah, 100%. He can, I mean, he's a guy that, Played in the backfield at Texas A&M, was a receiver, played on set, played on special teams, obviously was a tight end, and played some quarterback at A&M. So he's a guy that Virginia Tech hasn't necessarily given away a lot about because they want to hide all those packages. That's the reason he didn't play a ton in the spring game because they don't want to show off all those stuff. It was very vanilla, like you mentioned earlier. And then you got three young guys too, like Brent Pry mentioned. There are three young guys in that room, like. If, if there is a better freshman tight end room out there, he wants to see him. I mean, you got Harrison St. Germain. You got a couple other guys, too, that have the have the potential to be really, really good. And it'll be fun to watch. You got Benji Gosnell, who is that Ohio State commit, who flipped as soon as Brent Pry took the job. Daquan Wright, who has been banged up a little bit as of late, but is going to be a good to go. So it, it, it's going to be exciting for sure. I think those are the things that I'm really, really watching out for. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. I cannot wait. For football season to be here, it's right around the corner. And you talked about Grant Wells and and those shots down the field that Brad Glenn wants to take, possibly four to five times a quarter is is what but they're you never hear right you now. Never hear. No, never no, no. Hear. It, it's it's insane to hear that. But I think in college specifically, not necessarily the NFL, because they truly are two different forms of football and two different sports. But I think in college football specifically, big play ability is huge to have the firepower to have big plays down the field, huge chunks of yards that are total momentum shifters in a game is everything in college football. And what we're hearing is that Virginia tech has a quarterback that is capable of making that happen. Yeah. And the, the good thing is they got two. So, yeah. you know, last year the big concern was, yeah, Braxton Burmeister was not a bad quarterback at all. I'll definitely give him credit. When you have Knox Kadem, who now is at McNeese State, all due respect to him as your backup, you're in a little bit of trouble. Jason Brown is an experienced starter, was an FCS All-American at St. Francis, started four big games for South Carolina a year ago under Shane Beamer. So Virginia Tech, they got to be feeling pretty good about that quarterback room. But, yeah, I think Grant Wells is ready to take that step. You know, he, he's been questioned multiple times. Are you ready to take that next step to the Power 5 level? And he said, yes, of course I am. So, of course, he's going to say that, but he has all the keys to the receiving game. It is a little bit of a concern. You do have Caleb Smith. You don't know what Jaden Blue is going to do. The Temple transfer. Dwayne Lofton has showed some flashes before. So there's some guys back there that can get the job done. That's my big question mark. But Grant Wells has the tools to be a really good quarterback in the ACC for a long time. Keep in mind, if he stays for the three remainder years. of his eligibility, three years. Exactly right. So, Plus a two-year starter. I mean, you don't get much better than that no. in the portal. So, especially with the situation Virginia Tech was in. So, I'm really excited to see what Grant Wells does week one next Friday. That's hard to believe at ODU. Let's get it going. 
<laughs> I know. Really excited. Really excited. Really excited. So yeah, that'll be a fun night in Norfolk too. I, I know that you'll be calling some high school football that night, but obviously yep. I know you'll be, you'll be checking. Congrats on that position, by the way. Thank you. I know Thank you'll you. be, I know you'll be, you'll be checking in. So, and obviously we'll be in touch about how that game went and, and just the atmosphere there. So it, it should be a fun opening night for Virginia Tech. And hopefully if you're a Virginia Tech fan, it's a really fun night because that would be quite the start to, to Brent Price tenure to win in, in your own backyard like that at ODU. So it'll be fun to watch. All right, Carter, thanks so much for being on the show today. Once again, go ahead and head over to Roback, our proud sponsor of Hokie Heat on the Suns of Saturday. Use the promo code SUNSVT for 20% off your first order. Carter, thanks for being on the show one more time. Let's hear from you. Gio, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. I, I've always admired what the Suns do. You know, we were having some technical issues before we hopped on. My original background, you had the Storm uh, you had the Storm Murphy poster <laughs> from the ACC Championship. So, was giving the Suns some love. So, love what that whole group got love what that whole group does over there and obviously love what what uh, what you're doing too and I know this is a good opportunity for you and to get to do this very, very often. So appreciate what, uh, what you've been doing for Virginia Tech and excited for this new opportunity for you and look forward to joining you again sometime soon. No doubt about it. He's Carter Hill. Thank you so much as well to the Sons of Saturday, Billy Ray, uh, especially, and everyone who's made this possible. Super grateful to have a platform on here and get to talk Hokie sports and everything Virginia Tech on the norm. So he's Carter Hill. Best, right? Giovanni Heater. Absolutely. Best, right? This yeah. is... <laughs> Okie okay.